This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Journey Within Podcast. Well, I've got Matt Gindorf on with me today. Matt's been a, a frequent guest of here. Matt does a ton of arranging trips for me and so forth. And Matt arranged one that I went on this the, just literally last month, and that is whitetail hunting in old Mexico, which completely blew my socks off with how well the hunt went and just what exactly the hunt is and the price point and everything. It's one that I was so amazed with that I actually had to do a podcast on it today. Just to recap for anybody that's looking for a great hunt, like this is one that you have got to check out. How are you doing today, Matt? I'm good, Mark. I'm good. Good. Just getting ready to go to SCI, I know. So probably right in the middle of sale, sales season here. So the phone's probably ringing off the hook. Yeah, it's it's busy. I mean, it. Uh, you know, this time of year, traditionally, say from November to November to call it May 1st is, is pretty, pretty bonkers. But, you know, it, it doesn't ever seem to be real slow. But yeah, this time of year is, is everybody's racing to gather and then we get to show season so everybody's out thinking about where they're going and what they're doing so yeah it's yeah. busy yeah well this is one like as part of the the north american deer slam the mexican texanus whitetail um was one that we obviously had on the list to go after and it's it's one with my coaching schedule during the winter that's that's doable i could get down there and it's a four-day hunt so i can make that work over a long weekend um, just go into, I guess, before we do this, obviously Mexican Texanus whitetail, basically a subspecies of whitetail. Um, if you think the whitetails in Texas, very similar size wise, um, body wise, right? Obviously deer in the South aren't as big as they are up North. It's not a Saskatchewan size, size deer, just not what they are. Um, habitat allows them to get super old when the ranches are managed correctly. But just before I kind of dig into to my experience on the hunt, man, just give, give the, the cliff note version of what this is when, when somebody calls and, and is looking for a whitetail hunt. Yeah. I mean, I get that call a lot. You know, it's, it's maybe it's guys that have hunted the Midwest and, 
guys that they're just looking for, you know, something different, yep. right? They're looking for something different to do. And I think you did a, you touched on a really good one there. It's, you know, they're, they're a different, they're just a different subspecies of whitetails, but, um, you know, a much smaller body deer just based on their habitat and where they live. Um, you know, you could take a hundred and 140 inches of antler and put it on that body size and they just look gargantuan. Oh, huge. I mean, yeah. they do. Um, deer density routinely is, is quite high just based on simply the lack of hunting pressure that happens on these ranches. The hardest thing to find is just people down there that, you know, embrace the whole management of the whitetail species, mm-hmm. right? I mean, they just, you know, and, and manage for age class and, and manage for size and, and do the proper, you know, plan little food plots that they can get to grow in the desert. And, and in that environment, as harsh as it is, when you, when you can get food, you can really start to get a pretty good handle on, on what your deer herd looks like and, and how to manage that and, you know, take those sub, you know, sub quality bucks out and and really have have a good uh sense that i can get this this deer to you know seven years old type deer same thing they would do you know somebody who really does a good job in iowa or saskatchewan same thing same management practices so you know we've been digging for quite a while to find the right ranch and and we found it yeah yeah, We're excited I, about the partnership down there. It's yeah, now the, the ranch, but the guys that are running it down there, Jose and Diego, I mean, they're top of the line, right? Not just, you know, not just from Mexico, but all over the world. I've traveled a lot, and those guys are top yeah. of the line. And that's the big thing for us. There's a lot of, there is a lot of great places that, that have, you know, big deer or big moose or whatever, big, you know, great bird hunting and that. But really for us, it's, it's the people running it. Um, it's their ability to, you know, entertain clients and and do a good job and be timely and you know there's so many things that go into producing a good a good experience outside of the game you know that a lot of people don't don't recognize yeah um some people are really you know it may be subpar food you know wiener water soup sleeping on a cot but if i but if i shoot a big animal then that stuff's overlooked but when you can take quality animals with great service and and just uh a great opportunity to relax and, and enjoy where you are. That's really the type of destinations that we're looking for. For sure. For sure. And one of the big, big things about this is the seasons later, December and January. I obviously went in January this year, but if anybody looking to extend that hunting season, right? Like a lot of the stuff here in Michigan, it's basically, there's a late, there's a late season in December, but by that time rifle seasons already came. And I mean, it's, it's tough hunting to say the least. Anybody's looking to extend their hunting season, this is a great one, right? Obviously, warmer weather, you get to see the sun. I mean, we go two months in Michigan without seeing the sun in the winter. Um, yeah, I mean, one of my favorite hunts on the planet is, you know, that that last hunt up in Saskatchewan, first week mm-hmm. of December, mm-hmm. or drawing that uh, that coveted late-season Iowa tag, right? Yep. That's when the big, quote-unquote, the big boys move, but you got to be – I mean, on both of those hunts, you want it blood curdling cold. Yeah. You want it. I mean, just, oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. I mean, but you know, you're, you're hunting a special deer. This is a place where you can extend your whitetail season and still be in, in really nice weather um, and still be chasing good, good quality whitetails. For sure. For sure. And also this is one, like if you're looking for a lower price point hunt, like that's where I'm like, this is a steal 
for what the for what the hunt is and the price point, like this is a steal. Especially then you tie in that late season, like it's a it doesn't shock me that there's so much demand for these hunts once we once we proved what this place is. And the really cool part about that too is that and I knew in my conversations with them as we were, you know, we were working through this and and you know, kind of going through our checklist to see if this is the type of destination that we want to dig into is when, you know, they invite you know, your, your typical hunt that you go on, which is a, you know, a trophy hunt. And we try to hunt those, you know, December and January, that's when you're going to experience some rutting activity with, with, uh, the rut really hitting, it could hit, you know, anytime in end of December, January. So that's when we kind of do, we'll call it quote unquote, the trophy hunts. But mm-hmm. then we also have in November down there, you know, they asked for our help with our, with our guests to, you know, to help manage that deer herd. And so we do, a we do you know what's called a a non-trophy hunt it's an opportunity for guys to go down and take um you know those old five and a half six and a half year old four by fours or three by threes which are great old trophies and you can take two of them yeah you know you buy you can get the the package includes you know two management bucks and unlimited hogs and unlimited javelina um, if a guy wants to get away, you know, around Thanksgiving, matter of fact, I, I actually filled those hunts the other day and that was, that was exactly what the, the group of four guys were looking for. We're looking like, for yeah, that. that, that'd be awesome. Yep. You know, we're done hunting. They're from, uh, where were those guys? They're, they're from Colorado and they're yep. like, yeah, we're, we're done. We're done chasing our whitetails cause we do it with uh bows. So we do it early. Uh-huh. We're done. We're done elk hunting. So we're going to go, let's go down to tech or let's go down to Mexico and, and, uh, and do that. So it was, you know, people love that hunt too. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And so the, the beauty, I'm going to break down cause I've, cause I've done it. It was just there, the travel to get there super easy. So you just got to get, yeah, super just got to get to Laredo, yeah. Laredo, Texas. Right. So for me, mm-hmm. um, that was Grand Rapids to Dallas, Dallas to Laredo. It was an afternoon mm-hmm. flight. So I was in Laredo by, I think. 9 30 at night um mm-hmm. jose and diego met me um they had already checked with with uh the mexico side that we could get across the border that night so here i'm thinking we're going to land there it's going to be 9 30 10 o'clock at night we'll have to get a hotel in laredo mm-hmm. um and then cross so that's what i was fully prepared for they actually arranged with with uh um federal government over there that i was able to cross that night so by i landed at 9 30 by 10 45 I was already on the ranch and my stuff was unloaded and we were heading to eat a late dinner. So an hour and 15 minutes from me arriving, um, obviously goes a lot smoother during the day too, but that, that just shows, right. As soon as you cross the bridge, um, the ranch is literally right there. I mean, within five minutes we were on the ranch and driving and it was just super easy. The whole bridge crossing going back and forth both ways, right. Going into Mexico was super easy coming back into the U S um, super easy. They actually don't cross at the Laredo bridge. They had about 30 minutes West cross at a smaller bridge, which is right next to the ranch. Super easy. Anybody mm-hmm. that's worried about bringing guns and so forth across super easy. You just get the guys their your information. You just need your four, four five, seven form to get back into the U S you get them all the information. They make sure that you've got your Mexican permit. So you show up. I mean, the whole process on the bridge, both ways took 10 minutes, right? Total. They're, just super easy. We, you and I talked about this before going, but Jose and Diego's attention to detail oh. on on everything is 
it's the best I've found in the country of Mexico by far. I mean, they, they're, we have one sheep outfitter that acts exactly the same way and they're just really, really good at it. I mean, they're, there's no, they, they do a great job of answering questions. Once you've got the hunt booked, they're in communication with you, full communication, you know, all the way down to, I remember you and I chatted about it. Um, you know, after I got all our paperwork done and you were on, you know, registered for the trip and then Jose reaches out and, you know, all the way down to, you know, what beverages would you like and, oh, I... you know, what snacks do you like? And they, they've got it all literally perfectly laid out. And so there's just no mystery. It's, uh, it's very easy to relax and concentrate on what you're doing there. Takes all the worries away. I mean, just, yeah. yeah. So, no, good at it. so for me coming all the way from Michigan, basically take off in the afternoon, get there at night, wake up that first, first morning and you're, you're hunting. Right. So he's got, he's got a couple, couple ranches there that you're going to be hunting. We hunted on what he would consider his main ranch. The one pretty close to where the, the border crossings at spent early hunt. We hunted there. Um, and how they do it is they've, it's, they think, think Texas, it's basically the same way. They've got you in elevated blinds. Usually there's a feeder and then they also corn the roads. So mm -hmm. the first morning we were set on a, a four-way road crossing. So I basically had 500 yards in four directions that were corned. And once the sun started coming up, I mean, a deer started popping up everywhere. And this was their second rut. So you'd start to see a little bit of a rut activity. That first morning we ended up um, seeing some smaller bucks, right? Some great genetic bucks. And you're like, that buck's three and a half and he's going to be a giant in a couple of years, right? Like you can start to tell instantly that they're doing their management practices. Saw a couple of javelinas, um, saw a bobcat, stuff like, stuff like that. Just a great first morning. Um, came back, had a lunch. They've got a couple different lunch options of where you want to eat. If you want to eat outside, they'll bring it to you on one of the tables there. If the weather's nice, if not, you go into the lodge. And one thing they do, I mean, the meals are, are fabulous, right? Lunch, dinner, they're all, they're all fabulous. In the morning, you grab something quick and a cup of coffee and head out. Um, then you can have a, you can rest in the afternoon. You can, you can go out if you want to try for a coyote, you can do all that kind of stuff. We rested that first afternoon, just filmed around camp. Um, first night we went out and the only, the only deer that they said was off limits was they've got a double drop tying that is mm -hmm. that is a year away from being a stud and when we went to this stand when we went to this blind jose's like this is this is one of the two blinds that he shows up on so if 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 he shows up tonight get footage but this is this is the one deer that you can't shoot right and i'm like oh okay okay drops us off 30 minutes later this deer comes out double drop tying just a stud of a deer but he's 100 percent right it just the deer needs a year right so we got, yeah, those, you can tell, you can yeah. tell he's a, you know, he's a, he's one of those deer. Cause the, Jose was telling me about this deer and actually sent me a picture of it. And you can, you can tell that deer is, I mean, he's, he's one of those you look at and go good night. If we can get him to six years old, that is going to be a monster. Yep. Yep. And that's what it was. <laughs> so we got, we got to film him for 90 minutes. He was in front of us most of the night. Saw some does. And then we had an eight point pop out And for me, right. Like in, and Jose said, any management deer that you see, cause you're on the trophy hunt, right? If you see a management deer, you can take them. I'm like, okay. But now all of a sudden I'm like, yikes, right? Hunting a smaller, a smaller deer species than, than I'm used to. 
I want to make sure that I'm not messing up shooting a young giant and right. Thinking it's an old deer. So we had this deer come out and we studied him from 450 yards. He worked all his way in. He chased the doe for a little bit and he he came around and I'm studying. I'm like, man, he's, he's an old deer. Justin, Justin eight point. He's got mass. He's, he's never going to be a giant, right? Mm -hmm. Just never going to be like, this is the perfect management deer. But at the same time, they had a set set up there over waiting for a big eight point and a big ten point. So I'm like, man, first night, I don't know if I want to go out and shoot a management deer with an hour left, like right in prime time. So we wait, and this deer made the mistake of sticking around that last hour until we were just almost out of camera light. I talked to Adam, like the field producer that was with me. I'm like, how are we doing? He's like, we got five seven minutes maybe left of light. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> perfect. This management deer waited around a little bit too long. Um, so shot him, got that, the first Mexican Texanus that I've ever, ever harvested and, and went up and it was just, it was what a management hunt is, right? Just a heavy old eight point that was never going to be 140 inch deer ever. So perfect, perfect management deer. So that kind of, um, broke the ice, I guess you could say. And, and that was the first day, second day, um, I guess you could say the morning was straight wind. We woke up and I actually woke up in the middle of the night and it was blowing about 40 to 45 mile an hour wind. And we went out that first morning and you could tell everything was just skittish. It was blowing 30 to 40 all day and and just skittish. Now, even with that, we still saw probably 25 deer when we went out that morning on that ranch, came back and the weather forecast looked like it was going to break later in the afternoon. And Jose and Diego were like, would you, would you want to, Go and try a different ranch. I'm like, sure. Let's go. Let's go and try a different ranch. And they're like, the vaqueros on this ranch have seen a 13 point, and they showed me the picture of it. I'm like, holy smokes, absolutely, I want to go there. Why don't you guys lead yeah. with lead with that, right? And they're they're <laughs> like, this ranch we haven't it, it, we haven't developed it to the point that the ranch we're hunting right now is on. It's got all the potential in the world, and it's going to be 100% set for the next year, but it just doesn't have the luxuries we're here. And I'm like, I don't care. Look at this deer, right? Like, this is – I will sleep yeah, on the – I'll sleep on the ground for this deer. And and when he's talking about, quote, unquote, develop, I mean, the first ranch you're hunting, I mean, that ranch has been managed oh. strictly, you know, for quality white tails oh. for 10 years. And that's – You know, in that first ranch you were on, I know – I mean – think it's important too, everybody this is all low fence hunting 100 this is this is all free range mm-hmm. this first it's privately owned um the first ranch i think is roughly about twelve thousand yep. plus acres yep and this second ranch is a ranch that they've been working on for about three to four years you know and when they say you know it's not quote unquote set up they're just managing the deer yep. then they'll go in when they say okay now's the time to hunt this ranch yep They'll go in, they'll go cut their senderos. They'll go, mm-hmm. you know, do their blinds, do their blind placement. They've got, you know, obviously some feeders, you know, to put cameras up on and get intel and water and all that type of stuff. And there's a few, a few blinds in there, but it's not a ranch that they, you know, which now that ranch we're going to, we're gonna, oh, yeah. they're ready to, they're ready to fire that ranch up. Um, I think next year will be the first yeah. year, but yeah, go ahead. Absolutely. And when I say ready, like you hop in their main ranch and the windows are all smooth, right? Like you can go up and down on those things and, and like they have everything meticulously ready to go. Like the blinds are hundred percent cleaned out. There's no bugs. There's not like everything on it, right? Like you can tell yeah. that everything. It was just picture. Like it's so perfect. It's almost, it's almost weird. Like that's how, that's it, how, that's how dialed it, in it is. 
it's funny you say that because that is like all these places that we travel and we go around and, and look at and there's nothing worse i can tell a lot by an outfitter when i you know okay we're gonna go hunt this blind or we're gonna go hunt this tower blind or whatever it is and i open the blinds and there's you know a piss bottle and there's oh. empties and there's cigarettes and i'm yeah. just like i mean the five seconds that would have taken to clean up yeah i mean that that doesn't happen on these on no. these ranches Absolutely. these guys again from your itinerary to food to everything is is meticulous they and, do a great job in anybody that's hunted mexico i know anybody that's hunted mexico has seen the trash right Mm-hmm. The ranch that I hunted was the cleanest, hands down, probably 10 to 20 fold more so than the next cleanest ranch I've ever been on. Not yeah. one time on any of the roads did I see a beer can, a trash wrapper, anything like Water that. Water bottle. Uh, nothing. Yeah. At the main gates, they actually have a garbage at each main gate for people. I've like In Mexico, it's unheard of, as clean as this ranch was. It was like, yeah. So when I'm pulling in, I'm like, wow, this place is amazing right so anyway back to back to the story moved moved to the new ranch new ranch is only literally 90 minutes away it's hardly anything like i i drive longer than that to go to the airport where i fly it's mostly tar too isn't it? and it's mainly tar right yep yeah. other than that yeah. you're driving on the ranch and you're you're looking for stuff so yeah. we've they've got the same thing right like the deer move usually between two or three different elevated blinds that they've got so this 13 point that they've got a picture of that i see and i'm, I'm like that's a legit 13 point you're 100 you're not lying because you know when you when you first hear it's something like hey, we've got a 13 point over here and you're like sure we do mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then they show yeah, me the picture four I'm by like, four with, yeah he's a four by four with cactus faces yeah and i'm like <laughs> holy smokes you guys aren't lying okay okay yeah. so we get set up in the blind and the vaqueros on the ranch like this is where we see them the majority of the time i'm like perfect we get set in there and it's we've got we're on a road system so there are two roads off to my left and right that are you can you can see for thousands of yards but they start cornering them from about 500 yards out all the way in then there's a feeder right right in front so that's that's where we're looking. They drop us off, and and like normal, they corn, we corn one road coming in. They corn the other road going out. And within about 10 minutes, you start to see the first doe. Then you start to see the yeah. first small buck. 30 minutes later, we have a 10-point come out. That is a shooter. And I, I go to Adam, like, holy smokes, look at this deer. And I, yeah. and he's like, are we going to shoot it? And I'm like, I, don't, I mean, we're, we've literally been here 30 minutes, and we've got a 13-point that we know is in the area. I'm like, yeah. we're, we're going to wait. Three minutes later, right, here comes a big nine-point, giant frame deer. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, he's bigger than the first deer. And I was like, are we going to shoot this one? I'm like, listen, we've only been here 35 minutes. And yeah. it's not like these deer are moseying around, right? I'm like, no, we're not. Five minutes later, big 10-point comes in that dwarfs the other two. Now I've got three shooter deer in front, and we've been here 40 minutes. And Adam's looking at Gosh, me like they keep, they keep getting bigger. That's why I'm like, oh, they keep getting they, they keep getting bigger. I'm like, this 13 <laughs> points, he's gonna he's gonna show up, right? Yeah. And yeah. I and Adam's like, we're not gonna shoot that deer that just came out. And I'm like, I've never passed on a deer this big before in my life. Yeah. Ever, ever. Right. This deer for a Mexican Texanus is a giant. His body, he's old, right? He's just an old body, giant nose, carries his mass. It's it's everything you as a whitetail hunter, he's everything you want. Clean 10. And I'm like, Adam, we've got 90 minutes left of light. This 13 point, the way that the 
the deer activity has been this this afternoon, he's going to come in, right? Super windy this morning. Deer probably didn't move that much, but bedded down just a perfect storm of all these deer coming. Should be hungry. Yep. This is, these are just the three shooters in front of me, right? Don't count the other 12 bucks that are just wandering around with 30 does. The place is, in, yeah. it's like a zoo. And again, throw it out there, <laughs> low fence, right? Free range deer hunting. And I'm like, and it's one of those things now that you have to look to the right, glass everything, glass in front and glass to the left because you've just got deer moving all over the place now. Yeah. And this deer comes and and he's there for about 45 minutes in the biggest 10-point he leaves. And it was like the second he left to where my heart sunk. Well, I was going to say, and I'm you're like, yourself. I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I passed on that deer. And Adam, Clock's and, and Adam's like, are you going to shoot the other deer? I'm like, well, I can't shoot the big frame nine or the other 10 because we just passed on a deer bigger. Like you can't be that, <laughs> you can't be that guy. Like as, as happy as I would be with those other two, we passed on that deer. But I told Adam, I said, if he comes back tonight, I go, that was probably one of those mistakes. I like, I should have shot that deer instantly. If he comes yeah. back tonight, we're going to shoot him. But we've got right about 40 minutes left to light. And maybe this 13 point comes, maybe he doesn't. And so we go, and as luck would have it, this big frame 10 comes out with about 20 minutes left of light. And I'm like, okay, game on. I've I've had my my mental time to to rethink about what was going on. This is 100%. And you know it's the same deer. Oh, 100%. Same deer okay. comes out. Right. Just, I mean, he's the size of a tank standing in front of us. We wait. We get all the footage that we could just, and then all of a sudden just place it right behind the shoulder, and he goes down about 45 yards away. I mean, we're super excited. Go out of the stand. We're hustling to get out there and film before we lose um, camera light. So we get out there, and I mean, he's just a I, way big. Let me let me put this way bigger deer than I was anticipating of taking on this trip. Way bigger, right? Just super yeah. super stud of a Mexican Texanus whitetail. Body yeah. was built, so forth. Anyway, Jose and Diego get there. I mean, obviously, everybody's excited. Vaqueras are excited. And this is a deer they hadn't seen. This is this is just on 20,000 acres, you get deer that just appear, right? And it's free range, yeah. and, like, it's tough tough to think about. But just like here in Michigan, you get deer that come from the neighbors, right? Chase a doe, well, and all this, of a sudden, they're and, there. And this ranch is, I think it's like 17,000 acres. Yep. It's it's and, another big one. It's a so chunk it could come, of, you know, it could come from anywhere. Chunk of territory. So obviously get celebrate, finish pictures, video, all that stuff. Great night. We stay at the ranch house on this ranch, which is just as nice as the ranch we left, right? So as, as you guys talk, if you're interested in Book of the Swing, you talk to Matt about which which ranch and so forth you're going to stay at. Both ranch houses are by far the best that I've stayed at in Mexico. Food's great. Accommodations are great, right? Wi-Fi, like everything you need to, to just have a great time. Um, Jose comes and goes, hey, would you like to hunt here again in the morning? We've got one more trophy tag if you're interested. And if, if you're successful, you can buy it. If not, just continue on. And, I'm, and me, I'm like, absolutely, right? I've still got two days left and we're on this ranch. And and like, I'm already here. The cost of me getting there is is already done. And for an yeah. additional trophy deer, like I'm, I'm a realist, right? For yeah. for the cost of a second trophy deer would probably be the one of the cheapest deer that I would shoot throughout the year if it does work out. Just a realist, sure. right? And to get another yeah. one on camera and so forth. So we go out different part of the ranch the next morning. Um, same thing, wake up, have coffee, um, 
so forth, get out, get out to the stand, thermos of coffee and so forth. They set us up there. And this is on a, we've got a triangle set of roads. We've got a road, hard right, road, hard left, road behind us. The old turkey foot. Yep. The old turkey foot, no feeder. Um, <laughs> and the guy, and the guy, and the, the vaqueros are like on this one, there is a big 12 point that we've seen. That's pretty regular. And I'm like, okay, 12 point, pretty easy for me to count to 12. I'll get to that one, yep, right? I, I, can I, can, I can identify that deer. Those guys leave, and I kid you not, we have a couple does and a small eight point come out, young eight point come out within three minutes, right? You can still see that truck leaving on one of the lanes, and these deer are, are out eating where they just corn the road on this one. And, I mean, we're still, like, we just do the opening intro and the blind for the video and like i'm still getting my thermos out getting my cup of coffee you don't know how it is deer hunting you're just enjoying the moment right the sunrise mm-hmm. is coming up and just getting situated and i glance over adam's shoulder and i'm like holy smokes look at the frame on this deer that came out and he's 600 yards down this two track yeah <laughs> i now i got a cup of coffee you're trying to arrange i'm putting that down i get my binos up and i look and i go holy smokes adam i think that's the deer that's got to be the 12. And he's he's coming on this road fast, coming. He's he's cutting 550. Now he's at 400 yards, coming to three, 300. And I get my gun up and look there, and I'm counting. I'm like, that was the moment, right? He's an 11 point. He's not the 12 point. I'm like, okay. <laughs> I'm like, okay. Sure, he didn't break one. I'm like, well, yeah, I'm like okay, well, I don't want to be, again, I don't want to be that guy that shoots the wrong deer. So he's feeding, coming towards us. And about 200 yards, I'm like, this deer is ancient. He, he, cause he looked misproportioned at a distance to where he, like he had a small body and, and giant antlers. No, yeah. he's got giant antlers in an old body. That's just been around the block about seven years. Right. Just yeah. worn down. His face is completely white. Just ears are torn up. This is an old deer. And I'm like, this is a hundred percent a shooter. I mean, a hundred percent a shooter. And we're sitting there and Adam's getting great footage of it. And I just wait until he turns broadside and I touch it off. And and Adam and I do the celebration again. And we're like, oh my gosh, that's that's two great deer in less than basically 12 hours. Right? Yeah. yeah. We get out of the blind, head to him, and his head's tucked behind a brush. So I, I don't see him fully until I walk up and standing by his butt. So I and walk how up. Was this, how far was the shot? Oh, it was a hundred, hundred yards by the time it was oh, over. So right, right, all the, all the way in. Yeah, okay. Right, what I like to call her, right in my sweet spot of that hundred yards broadside. That's where I, yeah. I shine as a hunter. <laughs> I, I walk up and I, I turn the corner and you can see his head and I couldn't help it. Holy shit, Adam! I'm a believer in using the best, and that's exactly what Gunworks rifles are—the best on the market. If you want to sharpen your skills and ability, make sure to check out their Long Range University. From the rifle build to the perfect shot, Gunworks is your partner in the pursuit of long range perfection, 1,000 yards out of the box. WTA Tags is a full service licensing program available to today's sportsmen. Bottom line, they help hunters draw the very best limited entry big game tags. They offer professional consultation on where to apply and then properly complete and submit your applications to the states. TAGS has the easiest, most reliable, and most complete service to assist you in drawing that tag of a lifetime. For a free TAGS consultation, call 1-800-755-8247 or visit them online at worldwidetrophyadventures.com slash TAGS. That's worldwidetrophyadventures.com dot com slash t-a-g-s 
No matter where I'm hunting in the world, I'm always wearing my Mindel boots. I guess you could say that I sort of live in my Mindel hunting boots. And right now at MindelUSA.com, you can use promo code MPJOURNEY to get a free pair of socks when you order up a pair of boots. Again, that's promo code MPJOURNEY at MindelUSA.com. Now back to The Journey Within. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And it was just, <laughs> he had everything. He was bigger than the first year. He had, yeah. he had the mass, the dark chocolate. He had the character around. And this deer was, he's a seven and a half year old buck, right? We're getting him aged yeah. just to make sure, but this is a seven. And this is what a seven and a half year old does. He's bony. His spine's in. He's as yeah. old as this deer would ever going to get. And he was yeah. probably bigger last year than he was this year. Yeah. I was thinking, yeah, that and, makes sense. And I'm just like, this is like, I've hunted now I'm 40, right? I've hunted since I've, since I could legally hunt, I've hunted. And and this is probably the oldest deer I've ever shot minus some does, yeah. which I think this, I've, I probably shot some does that may be 60, right? Like yeah. <laughs> just old does, but this is the oldest yeah. buck I've ever shot. And just an ideal deer of when you go for a Mexican ticks on us, this is it. This is, this, yep. is, this is what you want. And I'm like, this, like, I was so happy the guys got there and, and the Vaquero said again, this is a deer they hadn't seen, right? Like they hadn't seen this deer. It just appears this, I'm like, is this the deer that they, they thought was a 12? And this was one. They're like, nope, this isn't it. And they're like, the 12 is bigger than this. I'm like, what? Like 12 is bigger, not as old, not as much character, right? And I'm like, oh my gosh, like the, the, the deer they have tucked down there for guys that are looking for trophy deer are just, it's insane. So here you get yeah. a lot of questions and this is one on my answer, right? You bring these deer back, you're going to see pictures posted on my shoulder. So you're going to see vid and videos. These deer look like they're 180 to 190 inch deer. Mm-hmm. They're mid to high 140s deer. That's what these deer mm-hmm. are on the body. Great trophies for the area that are down there. And that's that's what these deer are. If you're going to bring a tape to them, that's when you go down there for trophy class deer, this is what you're going to get. I don't know yeah. one hunter that would have passed on either of these deer that I shot down there. Nobody. Yeah, They're just perfect for yeah. what they are for the subspecies and what the hunt is. That, yeah, I was going to say that's what the subspecies is. I think yep. he's uh, – we've, we've killed – I mean, he's, he's shown me a couple pictures of – some ancient old bucks, you know, in those perfect mm-hmm. environments, um, you know, where the deserts got tons of rain and it usually yep. those big antlers show up a year and a half after the big rain. Unlike what most people think, you know, when it rains in the desert, all this, you know, they got a wet spring mm-hmm. this year is going to be amazing. That's just not the way it is. 
what happens in the desert when it gets rain is that those bucks, those big old bucks, they just got better places to hide. So usually it's a year, year and a half after the good, you know, when the desert's really been wet. Yep. That's when you see those big, it happens the same thing with mule deer too. Yep. It just takes years and years. You know, so nutrients. But yeah, he's showing me some pictures of bucks that, you know, have touched that 160 mark. Mm-hmm. But the norm of a trophy class whitetail down there, the norm is, you know, that 140, you just call it 140 to 150. Yep. Yep. And, and, they look for their subspecies giant, right? It's like saying I'm going to go coos deer hunting and I'm looking for a 135 inch coos deer. Yeah, yeah, right. Exactly. It's a, no, no, like great, coos, yeah, great coos deer are 110 inches to 120. Great coos deer, exactly. right? All those are yeah. book coos deer. Like same, same yeah. type of thing. You just got to know where you're hunting and what you're hunting. I just love the way those deer look. I mean, oh. I love the chocolate antlers and you know you swear they're big bush bucks from Saskatchewan. And what most people don't realize. There's those deer in the desert, they, those old, they carry really good mass and so, good mass. Oh, so much mass. Right. And yeah. so, so yeah. here, here we are. I mean, this is, this is third day, right. And just an absolute great time. So mm-hmm. we, we decide to head back to the main ranch. Um, cause I've got that afternoon, the next morning, and then we're going to, I'm going to fly out on day four, um, to get back. Cause I got to coach on Monday. So fly back on Sunday. Um, yeah. So we go back, right? I've got two awesome trophy deer and a management deer. And the guys are like, you want to go for some javelinas tonight? And I'm like, sure. And I asked the question, how many javelinas do you guys normally take off the ranch a year? And he's like, we go, we try to target 100, but it doesn't even do anything to the population. I'm sitting there trying to comprehend that, right? Like you're taking 100. So how they, how they normally do a javelina one is if you want to, you can sit in a blind, obviously, but they're like, you know, last afternoon, you're not, you're not going to hunt another deer. I'm like, I, I listen, I've got three deer guys. I can't like, I can't, I, I don't want to shoot another management deer. Like I can't write the script any better than the last <laughs> two deer. I'm, I'm like, I'm good. Right. Like yeah. three deer in three days. Like I'm, I'm, I'm super happy. They're like, well, let's go for some javelinas. So like, well, what they did is they went and corn the roads, right? We corn the roads on the way out. You, you go out with about three hours, you corn for about an hour, hour and 15. And then they've got this little vista that they, they like to take you to. And, and for me, all of a sudden they bust out a, a bottle of wine, right? And you're sitting there and having a glass of wine and just kind of watching the sun go down a little bit, talking with the guys. Now, like I'll stress it. Jose and Diego are amazing. Like just amazing, right? The whole place is run awesome. Do that. Yeah. And they're like, okay, now it's, now it's time to go back. We'll see if we get any javelina. So you high rack on the way back. And shot four javelinas on the way back. Could have shot <laughs> 50, right? Could have shot yeah. 50. They're all over the place. Shot a big male. I was super happy. Um, They're but, cool little animals. Oh, so they, they call cool. uh, the, the guys call them little corn thieves. That's the corn tax is what they say. And they're just like, and, I, and, and you know, I sat in the blind and we probably saw sporadically in the blinds. We probably saw like 12, right? A couple groups yeah. of two. When we hunted the corn roads where I said the serious populations are, we probably saw 80, right? And that's yeah. just what's in the in the roads. That's not anywhere else. They're like, no, they're javelinas all over the place. Just a great addition, right? Saw a bobcat from the blind. One thing I didn't, I probably hindsight the last morning we decided to sleep in. I'm like, guys, listen, I've shot three deer, four javelinas. Like I, I, I'm, as a hunter, I don't want to push my luck. I've had a great time last morning. Let's sleep in, have a good breakfast, just just get packed, yeah. enjoy everything. The last morning, I probably could have went out and called for coyotes or bobcats, but I had had so much fun on the trip already. And I'm yes. in, I'm in the field, and I know like 
you can push a trip too far. Like you're having too much, too much success. Like I'm, yeah. I'm, 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 I don't want to jinx the next time I'm in the field by having, having this one go too good. And then yeah. travel back, right? Caught an afternoon flight out of Laredo. We took off from the ranch three hours before my flight. I was in the airport checking in less than an hour after I left the ranch. Yeah. And yeah, it's such a smooth little yeah. spot. I mean, it is, it's easy. It's uh, no worries, hassle free yeah. in and out. They take you, they, it's not like you go across the border. We'll meet Mm-mm. you at the ranch. I mean, they, they kid glove you from the start. No, it's awesome. Yeah. And I, I, yeah. I travel a lot all over the place, new, new places. This is a place that I'd a hundred percent go back one, yeah. the timing of the year, right? If I can go back in January when the weather's crappy here, price point super nice to go down there the food is great the people are amazing the lodging's awesome the equipment's top of the line and then what you're really going for the management and the deer that you're going to be going after are top of the line too right it's got it's got everything like this is one of the like i got done with this and i'm like this is one that we have to do a podcast on we just have to let people know this is one of the hidden gems that are out there for people that are looking for a top of the line whitetail hunt at truly like a, a price point that's it's like in today's world like you just don't get a price it's manageable like you can't right? Very like this yeah so i i can understand like you get a lot of groups of four guys that go down like if you're looking for a, like this is a great group trip to go down there. and that's a, and that's one of the cool parts too max capacity at the lodge is four hunters yep it's yep. not you know we're not it's not a it's not a hotel you know, we're not, there's not 12 rooms. I mean, it's literally four hunters, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, and it's just you and your buddies and you've got, you know, all these acres to yourself. And it's also a great destination for, for archers. Oh, absolutely. You know, arch, archery hunting. I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure the next time you go back, you'll probably bring your bow. After having been there a hundred percent. Yeah. Yep. You can be successful in the same class of deer. Yep. And it's yeah. just, there's so much, I mean, for me in Michigan, right? Like we hunt our family property here in Michigan is a 500 acre piece, which has taken us 30 years to build that up to 500 acres. Right. And that's a giant piece of property for our area. Yeah. Between the two ranches I was hunting, it's over, it's 35,000 acres. Yeah. yeah. And it was just not for that week that was booked. <laughs> it was just me, but for a normal week, it would be four hunters over 35,000 acres. Yep. So, I mean, everybody gets their own 8,000 acres to hunt. Now, put that in your head here and translate that into the U.S., right? Like, you're not... Yeah, with, you're deer, not, yeah. with deer density like that. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah, no. the, group I had in, the group I had in there before you um, in December had an absolute blast. Four old fellas that just loved traveling together and heckling each other, and they, they rebooked, and they're back in there next year. I mean, they just... They're like, yeah, it's awesome i bet that's what you see is a lot of groups that are going to rebook on this one just because it's like it's everything i just listed right right perfect time of the year right price point trophies are great the accommodations the people it's got everything you want to go and have a good time and like i'll stress this again the travel which sometimes going to certain parts of mexico can be a little bit longer right depending on where you're going to hunt which ranch you're going to hunt the travel to get here is super easy yeah but, in and out hassle free yeah in and out but that's all part like i i've, I've talked on video i talk a lot as part of doing the north american deer slam like any of the other slams i've done right forcing me to go to places that are different off of what i would normally do and to see the different types of hunting that are done 
um, the different methods, different people, like to be able to compare them now that I'm, I've done certain ones has been pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The future is bright down there for sure. Yep. You know, and he's, and he's got, uh, his, his management practices on, on different ranches and that type of stuff are, are good. He's got a, at SCI, we're going to sit down and talk about a coos deer ranch that he's had for about five years now. And they're going to open that up because they feel that they've got the age class of deer to be able to, you know, fit that, fit the bill that's, that that's their standard. And yeah, so we're going to talk about that. Are they, uh, is that in Chihuahua or is that in, uh, um, Sonora? Uh, it's south. It's on the other side. It's south of Hermosillo. Okay. Okay. Yep. I like the sounds of that yeah. actually. Yeah. So this was number, this was number, um, uh, 13 on the North American deer slam for me, right yep. out of, out of 31. So inching forward, we got some exciting ones planned for this next year. Um, us base. So far we've got, we're going to get one and one or two down in Mexico too, but it's yep. been pretty, it's been pretty darn exciting. Now deer hunting is deer hunting, right? Like if you're going somewhere and you know what, you're in one of those low periods or the, the moon phase is off. I mean, it's, it's definitely hunting. That's where a lot of the planning comes into making sure it's a successful trip. And especially some of these subspecies that aren't quite as well known off going with the right people in the right areas. Well, and that's one of the things with, you know, with your individual quests that you do. And I talked the same thing about just clients, you know, and, and these hunts, they fill up so fast. Right. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I, I tell people planning ahead. And that's one of the things that you and I do together so well is, you know, what are we doing in two years? Exactly. Because then that, because then that allows us to fit your schedule, which is no different than a lot of other people's schedule. Everybody's busy, but we can, we can really dig into what are we after, mm-hmm. you know, where do we need to be and what are the best dates to get in there, you know, maximize our time. And then at that time, you know, we're in the right spot. We're with the right people. We're chasing the right species yep. that we need. And now it's just, we got to turn it over to mother nature and hunt hard for five days, yep, six exactly. days, eight days, whatever it is. So that's, that's one of the things that, that makes, you know, a lot of your hunts successful. It's not just, oh, it's Mark and he gets to go hunt always at the greatest spots. Mm-hmm. You're hunting the same spots that anybody else has the same opportunities to go hunt. We just, we just plan things out in advance to, you know, sometimes two, sometimes three years out, Yep. you know, to just make sure we're maximizing our schedule to be in the right spot at the right time to maximize movement and things like that. So yep. That's right. good. 100%. Well, thanks yeah. for lining this one up, Matt. It was a great trip. Looking forward yeah. to looking forward to some other ones. And so I got to ask, are you happy that you're not helping as much with the South American Upland Slam and Brian's kind of taking the taking the reins on that one since he's got all the experience <laughs> down there? Or are you relieved? Uh, happy um just still involved. Yep, yep. Still involved, uh, but Brian, Brian, Brian does a great job, and uh, I think these are um, these are trips that Brian's very uh, familiar with. Oh. And yeah, I mean, I I enjoy the quest thing. I do as much of a you yeah. know, it's there's a lot of details involved in that whole process for well, sure. A lot of details and a lot of stress once you get in the field and the clock is ticking. When the clock is ticking. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was the one. Anybody that's listening, Matt has got a few calls to get reamed out. Once nothing of nothing of his wrongdoing, hundred percent on me when I'm in the field and feeling the pressure. 
Well, we've had, we've had, we've had some conversations, especially, I just, I mean, we both, for, for our lifetime, we will always reflect back to the North American waterfowl. I mean, it would talk about stressful. Holy smokes. Yeah. You know, getting a text and said, holy, this, there's no way this is going to work. And I'm like, we got a hundred, we got a hundred all the way out. And, you know, mother nature just blessed us with that, with some impeccable timing of collecting the species that we needed. And I've said it. I've said it once and you and I have talked about it. That is one of the things that makes you successful in the field. And I talk the same thing to clients is your ability to just say, Hey, I'm here. This yep. is what we need to do. Yep. And, just, and we just, we literally, we hunted out, we don't hit panic buttons. We don't, um, you know, the panic in, in a lot of times in that North American slam was okay. We thought we were going to get three species here. We're good. We've only got two. We got one that we didn't get here. Now we've got to really kind of shift gears really quickly because now what was supposed to be six left is now seven left. Yeah. And where the other six live, seven doesn't live there. So we've got to we got to figure out where we're going to go get a hooded merganser or a ruddy duck or something like that. So we had to move fast because we already had that schedule built. So that was a lot of the. That was a lot of the, we'll just call it stresses and opticals and that whole thing. But it was, that's, that's, a, you know, the reason we were successful a lot of times is we didn't think we were going to get it. And all of a sudden we got it. Yep. Yep. And you, you have know, a good day I, where I, you I re- check two or three off that you weren't even expecting. Yeah. And you're like, we're back in the game. We're back. Or you, or you go back to the canvas back deal, right? Yep. Yep. I mean, it's just, they're here. We're just not. It's just not happening. And the weather pattern looking ahead for the next two days while I'm here, it ain't going to be any different. We mm-hmm. just got to hunt it out. And prayers and patience and persistence is what there's our opportunity. And then we're eating chips and it happens. Yep. Eating chips, <laughs> eating chips, shoving them back in the coat, standing in water. Certain things I'll remember until I die. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's just those are, yeah. Oh. That's awesome. Well, cool. I'll I see. Do, uh, Ooh, yeah, go ahead. I do. I, I, I've, I've enjoyed the whole, the whole process. So it's, it's good. And I, I, one of the good things with Brian being able to assist you doing that stuff and I help him do that also, but it's now we can really, you know, get serious more about the white tails hey, yep. type of stuff and start chiseling that stuff. And you've got other slams going on that, you know, have been going on for years. So we'll just keep, keep pounding them away. Yeah. Well, I like, to, I like to stay busy. I like to have, like to yep. have something to, something to chase at the end. Keeps me, That's keeps right. me young. Even though going back to that waterfall slam, I aged about, I don't know, 32 years during that whole, <laughs> that whole ordeal. Gray hair and bald all in the same time. I don't think there was anybody who thought we were going to pull that off. No, no. Especially with, with green, uh, having to go to Greenland for that King and, and St. Paul no. being closed and just couldn't get to Canada. Right. Like I keep thinking, yeah. If we would have gone to Saskatchewan with Lance and Emily up at Goose Haven for 10, oh, we, 10 days to start the season, I'd have been I'd have been close to half over, right? Yeah, we would we would have knocked off. I mean, I just <laughs> we would have knocked off a ton. Of yeah, and it would have been someone like the crane. We probably would have got the crane up there, so then it wouldn't have been this the separate trip. And there's some of those that wouldn't have been the separate trip, which would have freed up more time to focus on some that you needed. But then at the same time, I'm like. Man, if I would have got the crane up there, then I wouldn't have been able to go and experience the crane hunt in Oklahoma. Yeah, yeah or the heli hog, or the heli hog hunt. Like, there's so much that goes with it. Now, I just yeah. speak to that of like, man, those those guys are dialed. Like, so many things, right? Everything happens for a reason. 
Yeah, Shane's having a heck of a year down there this year. Uh, Joe, Joey from Salt River was just over there, I think, yeah, the last just, couple of days. Yep. Yeah. You're Joey's son's guiding for Shane. Now. Yep. Yep. Yeah. It's how, and he's going to yeah. be back next year too. He's going to, I just, yeah. I just talked to Joey the other day. He's going to guide turkeys and then he's going to do the, the velvet hunts at salt river. Then he's going to boogie over with Shane and do some of his Saskatchewan stuff and then settle into Oklahoma. Yeah. How would you yeah. like to go back and be in your early twenties and single? <laughs> yeah. Is that, is that an I option? Mean, but, that's, I but that is one of the things. I mean, that's what I did. That, yeah. I mean, that was, that was, what Joey's doing and what all, a lot of these guys are doing. I mean, that's what I did, you know, from Alaska to Argentina, yeah. you know, from the Platte river to Montana to, you know, Iowa and all the way through. I mean, I, I guided waterfowl hunts and bird hunts and fly fishing trips. And that's just, I was a nomad. And look at how much experience you gain from that to what yeah. you do now. Yeah. Who would ever, who would ever thought that all that, you know, you know, I just walked around with, you know, I'd take tip money from there to get me to here, to make mm -hmm. more tips, to get me to there, to make more tips, to buy this, to go this, to do this. <laughs> Who would have thought that all that would have come together? And, you know, 20 plus years later, I've been sitting in this chair, you know. Oh, such is the life story. Yeah, it's amazing. But now my boys are just ate up with waterfowl and they're like, you know, well, I'd love to be a waterfowl guide. And, you know, I'm going to go play college baseball or do that. And then I'm, I'm like, yeah, dude. Don't don't do that. Don't just, <laughs> don't, don't, don't 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 do it, David. Get really good at baseball, and then you can go wherever you want. That's very true. Very true. <laughs> very yeah. true. Yeah. And the, so, the shelf life is get, a lot a lot younger on the baseball than it is on the uh, waterfall hunting too. That's right. And that stuff would be my. I mean, my my oldest will drive hours in a blizzard in just to go see if this pond's got greenheads in it to go back and set up on them tomorrow morning. Oh, so I mean, he, it's, he's, eating, he's eating up with it. Yeah. And now, you know, he throws his little brother in the car with him and they just, I mean, he's got a little, uh, what is it? A Ford edge that he'll cram full of decoys. And I mean, I'm just waiting for the call. One of these times it says, dad, I got the edge buried in cornfields. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, I thought I thought I could make it. It didn't make yeah, it. Yeah, it, well, it looked dry. It looked dry. I'm like, yeah, it's not dry. So no, it's all good. Yep. Well, those are kids that are that are living a good life, doing it the right way, though. Like, there's so many <sighs> there's so many other things that they could be doing, and being eaten up by waterfall hunting is probably the best thing that they could possibly have right now. Yeah, that's that's true. It is, and then that combine that with Onyx, and it's just not even fair. Yeah. <laughs> well cool man thanks for hopping yeah. on today this is i mean it's again right this is one of those special places and offerings that we have anybody that's that's listening that wants more info give matt or the team at wta a call and we can get yeah. you lined out i'm more than happy to help Perfect. thanks matt have a great one all right take care mark bye thanks for all your support and downloads if you like this episode please go and leave a five-star review on apple Podcasts, as that always helps do you want to book that hunt of a lifetime then give the team at Worldwide Trophy Adventures a call at 1-800-346-8747. Or if you want to start a tags portfolio for those limited entry tags, call 1-800-755-8247. Enjoy your journey.